This Ask an Expert conversation is brought to you by Henley Business Radio. Welcome to Henley Business Radio. My name is Gareth Armstrong and it's a pleasure to be with you again. We are talking Ask an Expert and we've got another fantastic expert here with us today. And what we're talking about today, VCC, Venture Capital Companies. And our expert here is Etienne Lowe, who is a senior tax advisor at Mazars. Etienne, welcome. We appreciate you giving us some of your time and certainly your insights and expert opinion. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your kind introduction. Absolute pleasure to be here. Just tell us your background. How did you get to the point where you're here with us today? I'm a lawyer by trade. Okay. And I've been specializing in corporate tax for about 10 years now. All right. I'm based in Cape Town, but make the occasional trip to Joburg. So it's a fantastic place. Oh, well, welcome. I think we think it's fantastic down there. So yeah, next time well, we chat, we'll, be, we'll do it down there. No, right? look, I mean, from my perspective, I love the vibe here. Yeah, okay, good. And the action. I mean, it's just Cape Town is, it's a sleepy town. Oh, make yeah. no mistake. Sure, it's a, it's a holiday destination. Yeah. We're glad that you're here with us. And there is a vibe, there is movement happening, certainly in this space. It's the VCC space, specifically Section 12J companies have been around for a while. We were talking of air since 2009, but they've really come onto the radar now. Just give us a quick overview of what this is that we're talking about, please. As I told you earlier, I absolutely love this Section 12J. I think it's a fantastic incentive that SARS has provided to startup companies. Basically, in essence, if you're an investor in an approved venture capital company or Section 12J company, and you drop in, for instance, uh, 100 Rand, you will get that 100 Rand that you invested in that company in exchange for the issue of shares as an immediate upfront tax deduction from your taxable income. Mm. So if you've got a taxable of 200 Rand, let's assume you're a high net worth individual and you're in the marginal bracket of 45%, Mm. you get 100 Rand as a deduction. So your tax bill decreases from, say, 90 Rand in my example to yeah. 45 Rand, yeah, wow. which is a fantastic incentive. Fantastic, um, yes. The, the problem with the VCC regime, and I'm going to call it the regime because it's been around from 2009, mm. but for the first couple of years, there wasn't a lot of uptake. I mean, there wasn't a lot of VCC activity. And the main problem with that was in the past, previous legislation dictated you get the upfront tax deduction, but upon your eventual exit, there's a recoupment thereof. Mm. So it's only a temporary relief. And when you exit your investment, the full amount of the tax deduction you got, say, three or four, five years ago, it's now recouped and taxed in your income again. Yeah, that, and that I mean, doesn't sort make of any negated sense. The, whole, the whole incentive. Mm. And, and there wasn't a lot of uptake. Now, thankfully, SARS and Treasury, there's been a lot of back and forth correspondence between industry leaders and SARS. And they've come to the party and amended the legislation. And since the amendment came in, broadly speaking, is if you invest in a VCC and you keep those shares for five years and one day, there's no recoupment. Mm. I mean, and since that introduction of that amendment, take has just been phenomenal. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we've spoken earlier. You can literally go on SARS's website and you will see the list of all the venture capital companies that have been approved by SARS. Mm. And they've just been growing exponentially. Mm. I mean, I think at the last time I looked, there was a bit of 70, 80. It's a growing sector. So from a technical perspective, you are there to assist and to advise? What what we basically do is we advise the VCC company. So a a client comes to us and they heard about this regime and they want to be party to it. So we'll assist with setting up the VCC company. And it's actually quite easy Mm. to get your VCC certificate from source. There's a number of requirements with the main, most difficult one being getting approval from the FSB or Financial Surveillance Board or Department. Yep. Not, yep. not my expertise. Mm. We use the lawyers to attend to that. Sure. That takes a couple of months, three months. SARS's VCC department, they're quite jacked. 
and I think we got our certificate within a day or two. So it's quite easy to get the VCC company up and running. Mm. What the investors in all likelihood do not know, and please, I'm speaking broadly, there might be more investors more qualified than others. Sure. But everybody jumps on the bandwagon and say, please invest in my VCC company because you get an upfront tax deduction mm. equal to your investment. So we have headlines with taxable income of 10 million rand. And they will drop in a 10 million rand cash investment into that VCC company, thereby reducing their tax bill to zero. Yep, fantastic. And the beauty of it, which is the lure for a lot of high net worth individuals, is you actually only pay 5.5 million rand in that instance for your stake in the VCC company Mm. because you don't have to pay the tax bill. And that is their marketing tool, what a lot of the guys do. And it's a fantastic incentive from SARS. The VCC company then used that funds that's been pooled and they'll invest in qualifying companies. Now, without delving into great detail what the definition is, is it's mainly, we can put it very colloquially saying, it's startup capital. Mm. You know, for the young entrepreneur on the street developing some fantastic new app, he needs 10 million rand, no bank is going to give him money. And here comes the VCC company and saying, I'll give you 10 mil for an equity stake in your so, business. So this is where the risk comes in. And let's, let's talk a little bit about that because this is not just a, a fantastic opportunity. There is risk associated sometimes quite substantial risk, but mitigated by the fact that you have a fund who is very hands-on most of the time, yes, yes. who are looking after, who are incubating, who are accelerating. Look, most of the VCC companies have some sort of investment committee. Yeah. And in my experience is that these aren't not your average job. Mm. They are high net worth individuals themselves. Mm-hmm. They are seasoned investors. And they'll go through a rigorous process before they invest seed capital into these startup companies. So, yes, there's always risk, but I think it's mitigated to a great degree depending on the investment committee and their qualifications. Mm. So I'm not too phased about that aspect. The name says it's all. It's a venture capital company. You're taking a chance here. It's not as if you're going to invest on the JSE on on a seasoned company like uh, Braith or whatever the case may be. You're investing in a startup with a young guy. 20 years, 25 years old, fresh out of varsity, but with a fantastic idea. So it's a great incentive, and SARS is driving this process. I would hate for anyone that's listening to misunderstand what we're saying by risk. You could definitely be investing in the next Google or Facebook. And so that's magical returns right there. You know, and and the thing is that you're at risk for 55% if Mm. you're in the marginal rack, because you do get the 45% deduction immediately. So... To that extent, your risk is mitigated as well. Mm, I agree. And, of course, that number will come down, certainly from a subjective perspective, if you are looking at that team and you're looking at them very carefully and looking at their win rate. Yeah. Okay, so those are some of the benefits. These are some of the opportunities. What don't you like about Section 12J VCC companies? As we said earlier, initially there was this recoupment upon your eventual exit. Now, thankfully, that has been changed. Yeah. So very simplistically speaking, if you as a VCC investor hold your shares for five years, there's no recoupment upon your eventual exit. Mm-hmm. So that has been dealt with adequately in the legislation. And I like the fact five years, it's a long time, but this isn't a speculative transaction. Mm-hmm. You, you, you backing the horse. The problem I have, I think the uptake will be exponentially more if and slight amendments are made to one or two of the sections. One of them, as you all know, you pay capital gains tax if you've got a capital asset and you dispose of the Yep. Now, in a normal business transaction, you would think, I've paid 100 Rand for my VCC share. So that's my base cost, 100 Rand. 
Now, when I exit my investments after five years and I, let's assume it was a great investment and I get a 500 rand return, you'll pay CGT on the 400 difference, being your proceeds mm. of 500 mm. and your base minus your base cost of 100. Mm. Not so in the VCC company. The legislation specifically states that your base cost, which should be in italics 100, mm. is reduced by the amount of the upfront tax deduction. So you've got no base cost in those VCC Okay. And I think a lot of people don't take cognizance thereof. You know, they're thinking, I've, I've paid for it. I paid 100 Rand for mm. it. But it's reduced to zero pursuant to the legislation, specific legislation there. So I would like that to be amended. I'm not saying give them a blanket cover on CGT. I still think if you made a nice investment and you get a good return, you should pay your tax. But at least give the investor some sort of base cost, you know, not just take it away. That's one of my big problems with it. What it does do is if we do make these kind of amendments, we are offering an opportunity to get some real capital into the market. And, that, and otherwise it's going to sit somewhere else or offshore or yeah. something. Let, let's keep it here. That makes sense. And that's the, the whole rationale for this. Government doesn't want to fund these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. Why not ask high net worth individuals with some spare cash to take a chance on them? You know, And as you said, there's a the new Facebook, the next Google. Who knows what it is? Okay, so that's one amendment. Anything else that you would like to mention? Well, the other thing that I really, really feel strongly about is the liquidity in those VCC shares. Mm. As I stated earlier, you get the upfront tax deduction, but you must understand that it's only upon the issue of shares that you get your upfront tax deduction. Mm. So if I, Etienne, I've subscribed for shares in the VCC, made my investment, got my upfront tax deduction. Now in five years and one day, I decide I'm going to exit my investment and I want to sell it to you. For a thousand rand, mm. will you buy my shares? That's my problem. Mm, and, the, and the answer is, in all likelihood, not because yep. you're going to pay me a thousand rand, but the same dispensation doesn't apply to you because you're not subscribing for shares, you're acquiring my mm-hmm. shares. So it's a, it's a fine line. I mean, the second hand VCC shares, I would love it to be seen that, you know what, for the guy buying the second hand VCC shares, why not give him the deduction as well? Mm. Because in your instance, You'd rather just say, okay, I've got a thousand rand to burn. I don't get an upfront tax deduction buying it in shares. Yep. I'll just rather go to one of the n- number of sh- uh, VCC companies out there and take my pick and subscribe for shares there and get the upfront tax deduction. But there's a life cycle problem here. Yeah. Look, what I would propose to our clients is, you know, just to have some sort of time horizon for the fund, for the VCC mm. fund. You know, that there's a time for funding acquisitions and a time horizon for an eventual exit, you know, mm. where we liquidate the fund to get the investor's money back. In that instance, it's a different story. But if there's no time horizon and you need to exit, you need some cash, who's going to buy my shares? That's the problem. Then there's also one other problem okay. that, that I really, really think should be addressed. What listeners aren't seeing is your face. And I'm seeing your face and I'm convinced that yeah, you're convinced but, about this. We haven't spoken about this. I absolutely despise ambiguous language mm. in legislation. Okay. If it gives the commissioner a, a wide discretion without actually nailing down mm. on what they mean. Mm. So we've just chatted about some of the problems in the VCC regime. And this one, I don't think it gets a lot of attention. And this is just my view. I mean, people may differ with me, and I'm happy with that. Mm. Is a VCC company, and remember, you're an investor. You're, let's say you're a silent investor. You're not actively managing the fund, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Mm. That's the way I would also invest. You know, I'm not. I'm a busy, busy individual. You're mm. a busy individual. Sure. So, if the investment committee, for instance, don't adhere to all the specific requirements, then SARS can revoke 
and they say after due notice, due notice mm. in italics, because mm. that's exactly what stands. That's the ambiguous. That's what's what the legislation stands. After due notice to the VCC, and then if corrective steps acceptable to the commissioner, once again, italics, mm-hmm. aren't taken within a period prescribed in that due notice, then they'll revoke your VCC status. Now, the problem with the revocation of your status is an amount of 125% of all the in money invested in that company is included in mm. the VCC's taxable income mm. for the year. So let's assume a very high-profile VCC company. It's got 100 million rands investments. Mm-hmm. The investment committee or the fund managers, they don't really manage it actively. So as issues this letter, revokes the status. 125 million rand is included in the VCC company's income. If you just think about that, tax at 28% or whatever the case may be, it wipes out all your gains. And the problem is, what are those due notice and corrective steps acceptable to the commissioner? Mm. I don't like ambiguous terminology. Mm. You know, I would like it to be, do this and we'll sort you out again. You yeah. know? And if they can just clarify some of the terminology used there, mm. it, it'll give me a, a greater sense of comfort mm. as mm. an investor. I can definitely hear that. Etienne, it's been a fantastic conversation so far. Let's then move into talking to a couple of different individuals that are around this VCC. So one of them is going to be a high net worth individual. I think we've covered quite a lot there. Another is going to be a startup entrepreneur type individual. You're not a startup advisor, but you do have some thoughts here. You were sharing that off air. Share those thoughts now, please. Yeah, look, these guys, I mean, these entrepreneurs, they're actually the guys that this VCC regime is aimed at, Mm. in my view. It's there to, to pull funds to deploy in these startup businesses that, in theory, if it's a great success, will give employment to hundreds, if not thousands of people. Yep. Um, if you think about some of the, the businesses out there, I mean, this iPhone fixing business, or yep. eFix or whatever, I oh, mean, yes. that was started in, the, in a dorm mm-hmm. in Stellenbosch. And he's got how many shops? I just, just drove past one now. Those are the type of, typically speaking, businesses that, that, that could potentially have a great seed capital requirement mm-hmm. you know I mean? so if you're one of those young entrepreneurs I mean my view would be log into the internet go to SARS's website on the website you'll see a whole section on the VCC company and the regime and there's a spreadsheet specifically listing all the VCC companies that's been approved by the mm-hmm. commissioner and on just on the next page or just close by there's the details of the point person who's normally one of the fund managers or one of the main guys in that VCC company mm-hmm. And they need to deploy funds. They need to look for opportunities to deploy funds. So why not log on and make contact with them you're via one, email? You're one step away. Yeah, via email. I mean, the worst that can happen is you could be ignored. Nothing gained, nothing lost. Mm. If you don't take a chance, you're, nobody's going to come looking for your business. So if you send out your business proposal, that's how I would operate. If I was an entrepreneur, I would just go onto, onto that and just cold call the guys. What we'll certainly do is we'll add a link to that in, in the show description. It sounds like a very attractive overall proposition. I think this is a fantastic piece of legislation. I think it just needs to be fine-tuned ever so slightly. And with one or two amendments, I think just the the growth will be exponential. It's on the radar of SARS. I mean, in the budget speech of 2017, there was a little paragraph where it said they are looking at Mm. further amendments. Mm. Now, I don't know what those amendments are, but I'm hoping that what we chatted about, you know, the liquidity in the second-hand VCC shares, maybe giving them some sort of base cost. I mean, mm. those are one or two of the minimums I would love to see come forth. 
Well, Etienne Lowe, Senior Tax Advisor at Mazars, let's do our very best to make sure that those people who are making those decisions listen to this conversation. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Be- because it has been fantastic, and it's been very insightful. Thanks a little for the, for the chance to chat to you. Appreciate it. We, we so appreciate your insights. Thank you. Do you have a question for our Henley Business Radio Ask an Expert feature? Submit it via our website in the comments boxes on campus, or use the hashtag AskAnExpert on your favorite social media platform.